You can listen to The Professional Left wherever you get your podcasts, on Netroots Radio, or at our website, proleftpod.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There's a PayPal button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or contribution at P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. This is the podcast for January 20th, 2023. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from the Cornfield Resistance, where we're now the proud owners of a new Mavic Mini Drone, and therein hangs quite a tale. It's the professional left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. Hi, everybody. Hey, everybody. I love it when a story just drops in our lap. Yeah, we've had quite a couple of weeks. If you listen to our Tuesday show, which, which we should. recorded last Friday. You really should listen to it. You really, really should. You really should, should really listen should. to at least the first seven minutes of that. Yeah. You want to tell the story from the beginning, Driftless? Starting with Friday morning, last Friday morning. Yeah, we, we awoke uh, to discover that uh, Junior Dude's car had been stolen. Um. That, from our that, driveway. From our driveway. This was not parked in the street. It was not irresponsibly parked on a neighbor's yard. It had been stolen from our driveway sometime in the night, sometime before the snow fell. So uh, we get to play detective and tell the police it had to, had to be before you know, 11 o'clock because that's when the snow came down. So they're like, okay, take your information and there's no way to track the car. And we do have um, uh, license plate cameras all over town. And within a little while, they had a couple of hits, but not, they weren't able to trace it. They, they thought they could get it back. And the most important piece of information for the story is it was a Kia. And uh, just about 24 hours later, at 3 in the morning, 3.30 in the morning, they called us and said, we found your car. It is basically six blocks away. Would you like us to tow it in for processing? Which they told us already would be kind of useless. Uh, or do you want to just come get it? And we unanimously decided, come get it. So, Well, I didn't decide a thing. I didn't really no, wake up. <laughs> you were unconscious. But <clears throat> youngest child was up visiting from college and was like, let's go. And junior dude was like, yeah, let's go get that car. And so we all piled into the van. Um, and uh, youngest child followed in her car and went you know, six blocks away. And there it was parked in somebody's yard. Um, somewhat the worse for wear. It had I'll been say. Yeah, the interior was trashed. I don't mean the, the upholstery wasn't ripped up, but it was full yeah. of garbage. It smelled terrible. People had been driving around and partying in the car all day and all night. It stank badly. Um, there was fender damage. There's a, da a ding on the door. Um, and the ignition had been completely ripped out. And there was a USB cable in there instead. Huh, that's kind of weird. So... Um, the police said, "Yeah, this is a this is something called the Kia Boys," and, and you can Google that Kia yeah. Boys. <clears throat> and that's when youngest child said, "Oh, those guys! Apparently, down in St. Louis, they're a big deal. They're a big deal everywhere. There is a social media challenge to how fast can you steal a Kia? Because a and Kia it's a Kia Junior Dude's car is an, is not a late model Kia. It's like a." 2018 it's over it's over five years old right and it's the kias that are op that are turned on with a key rather than a push button right and um so we fired but tell them about the challenge oh the challenge is how fast can you steal a kia and film yourself doing it right uh and there are apparently hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these cars getting ripped off all mm -hmm. over the place to the point there there is apparently a class action suit against kia hyundai for producing a car that is just begs to be stolen. Mm -hmm. um, and also, I discovered yesterday that certain police departments are giving away clubs to mm -hmm. Kia owners. Yeah, like um, just to stop this new because now it's it's for the police departments. It's a nuisance. Yeah, it's it's your Kia was stolen. We'll get it back. It's kids, right? And and, and it's a nuisance. 80% of your concern that the many times I had my car stolen in, it, in the same car, stolen like three or four times, the concern was always, do you get your car back? Mm -hmm. Is it drivable? And can you get it back in shape? And everything else is secondary to that. And apparently, the, the young men who were involved piled out of the car when the police hit the, uh, hit the lights. They threw a burning object, a piece of paper at the car. I don't know what that was supposed to do, but maybe burn the evidence. Um, they were stupid. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll get to uh, how stupid they turned out to be in just a minute. 
But the only way you can start this Kia is with a USB cable. You have to plug it in and you have to turn it in a very specific way and it fires right up. You rip the ignition out and it fires right up. So drove it home. Um, the next day, uh, junior dude and youngest child and I, mostly those two, cleaned it out, vacuumed it, etc. And much debris was handed over to the police as evidence. There's a half a there's half a, a cigar blunt probably dipped in something. There's just you know beef jerky labels and just a bunch of garbage, just garbage all over the car, which they bagged up and I assume ended up in a police dumpster because you know come on. Um, and flashlights, a lot of little flashlights, a lot of small flashlights. And over the next day or so, we discovered more and more items that were just in the car. Now, here's what we learned. We learned that our insurance company is pretty good. They're pretty responsive, and they were going to cover most of the cost. Uh, we learned that you have to take it to a dealership to fix the ignition. The body work can be done by somebody else. We learned that there is a two-month, at least two-month backlog on ordering Kia ignition systems because of the amount of theft going on with this car. Mm -hmm. They cannot get a replacement part into our car at a minimum for two months, which astounded me. Like, oh, that's how big the problem is. Oh, oh my God. Oh, okay. So Junior Dude's going to be driving around with a USB plug in his car and uh, uh, a club, which we went out and bought, and which is a good thing for anyone to have in their car. And so that would be the end of the story, except I saw on his dashboard what I thought was like a game cartridge that he had left there. He didn't notice it. It's black. It faded into the black of the uh, dashboard. And we took it, and it wasn't owned by Junior Dude, and it wasn't a computer game. It was a drone. It was a really nice drone. Yeah. <laughs> it was a really nice drone that was intact, batteries fully charged, remote control uh, up and up and running. And we said, oh, this is very interesting. So we took it into the house and proceeded to call the police and find out. I did. I left a de detailed yeah. message for the uh, non-emergency number. Yeah. Evidence and using the police report number and letting them know what we found and were they interested. Yeah. And they did not call me back. They're clearly not interested. So now we are the yeah. proud owner of a uh, four something hundred dollar plus worth of drone technology that seems to work just fine. And the only argument is between me and Junior Dude over who gets to play with it first. Um, <laughs> and, but it, it takes some skill. And what I didn't realize on first pass, because I'm not a drone guy, is that I thought, well, it, it you know it does record video. It has a camera. I assume these are you know they're, they're taking pictures of their crime, which is stupid. But these are stupid people. Um, that there's a a very small SD card, a micro SD card, slotted in the very 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 back of the drone. I overlooked it. I was looking, I looked it over pretty carefully. It's a little, a little razor slit in the back. I looked up the, the specs. There's a little port in the back. I take a pen, I pop it out. Oh my goodness. The card is still in there. How dumb How are dumb. these thieves? Didn't grab their drone when they ran from the car. Now I spent a couple of hours. Uh, there's a lot of footage on here. There's movie footage, video footage. There's still photographs. I have pictures of the drone owners. I have pictures of his friends. I have um, pictures. Now, I have to say, we're being very confidential about this stuff because right. we don't know if the drone was stolen. Right. I'm assuming it wasn't because okay. it, it happened really fast. I mean, it, the, the last, there's no photographs of the crime that we were involved with being right. committed on right. this machine. But the last video taken on this machine was very, very shortly before that. Oh, so okay. it might have been stolen, might not have been. I don't know. <clears throat> but what what we did have is the young man who I'm going I'm to assuming was either the thief or the person who loaned it to his friend who wanted to film their crime and couldn't figure it out or whatever, or got stoned and just didn't get around to it, um, did a, a flyby of his own house. Oh, my um, God. And there's his address. And there's his mom <laughs> walking in the front door. So now I have now I have an address of a house. And it doesn't do me any good because there's a lot of that number all over Springfield. There are hundreds and hundreds of houses or dozens and many, many, many. Fortunately, this young man, once he learned to be a good drone flyer, 
would always launch from his backyard or almost always launch from his backyard or near his house. And one time he launched all the way up to however many thousands feet, brought it all the way down and landed literally on the table. I now know what his dad looks like. I know what business his dad used to own, um, what his dog looks like. Most importantly, I spotted landmarks. And if you oh, line from up, when the drone went up from yeah. his backyard, you could and it see. it landed right in his backyard. I know what his backyard looks like. Now. Just like Google Maps, right? <laughs> yup. Yeah. Well, that's 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 what I used. I <laughs> I I looked and and there's the, there's a very large landmark in downtown Springfield, a hotel. There's a an abandoned Pillsbury factory, and it's if you line up the drone, it's right between the two, about a mile or two past that. Okay, that's interesting. And then he did a flyby of his neighborhood. So now I'm narrowing it down. And it's a bunch of houses that all look the same on a bunch of streets with, you know, leafless trees. Mm-hmm. But I know there's an elementary school nearby. And I noticed that very near his house, there are two courts with very distinctive driveways. So I go to Google Maps. Thank you, Google Maps. And I look and I go, oh, look, those are the ones I'm looking for. And then we narrow the search down. And now I know what street he lives on. Oh, Lord. I know his house number. I know everything about him. And the question is, what do I do next? Mm-hmm. Do I, um, I, I thought junior dude and I should take the van over there, park it <laughs> a couple of blocks away and just hover the van, hover the drone in front of his house. <laughs> hour after hour after hour. <clears throat> um, it's a dumbass kid who did a dumbass thing and he's going to get caught because the, everyone involved is stupid. Yeah. Um, it, no one was hurt in the crime. The police don't seem terribly interested in following up on this. Um, so, our next steps are going to be our next steps, but uh, there's sufficient. Well, we're not going to do anything to um, no, 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 bring no. harm to our own home no, or no. or anyone else. Get into this a is, physical fight with anybody. This is somebody who looks like a you know a mom or a single mom and mom and dad in a, in a little house like us, and they have some kids or kids who are you know doing stupid shit at the ripe age of apparently nineteen or twenty or something mm-hmm. or eighteen. So I don't want anybody to get into trouble that's going to last them the rest of their lives. But right. I can say that they lost their drone for life, that we're going yeah. to make great use of it. And whatever we do next, we'll do next. But thank you for being dumb enough to leave behind photographic evidence of who you are and where you live. R- and, way to go, and man. And the cops also go. were, when they came to take our information down, were really quite confident that they would get the car back yeah given that they had as you say two hits yeah on the license plate and that these thieves were not s- smart enough to take the license plate off the car no and that they've been that this is a this is happening a lot and they're yeah. going to catch up with them eventually and yeah uh that that's the end of this chapter of this tale what happens next i don't know but well, i would trade that drone for a key ignition i would too in a, in a minute <laughs> Now, you'd have to take it up with Junior Dude, who's like, hey, come on. Oh, no. He really Insur- wants that drone. <laughs> Insurance doesn't cover drones. No. And no. Uh, yeah, I kind of like the idea. Now, I, I don't know if he's, his interest will peak when he discovers it, not a lot you can do. You can fly it up, fly it down, fly it around, which is fun. But um, he, he's going to do some traveling in the summer and take it to some mountains and valleys and oceans. Yeah. And- yeah. I think he'll be able to do <clears throat> some nice photography out oh. in Washington State, too. Yeah. I just want to open be my really own home pretty out there. Business. Whether yeah. that's all my own home inspection, and you know, not licensed, of course. Um, I would just come to your house and offer to, you know, look in your gutters. Um, <laughs> that's exactly what Drift Glass <laughs> said. Was I can look at the gutters with these? Yeah, without falling off a ladder and you know injuring yeah. myself further. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's that's we had a it was Friday. It all began on Friday the thirteenth with a. a if you've listened to our last podcast, Friday the thirteenth. You called me out to the living room to look in the yard, and there were a murder of crows. There were a on our front crows lawn, nesting, yeah. out of, which has never happened before, ever. And I, I, it'll probably never happen again. But it was a, it was a mighty weird week with police and insurance and drones and inspections and crows, and there were at least two or three other minor crises that sort of ate up our time. But here we are. Yeah, on- and we're covered. I mean, I am kind of astonished at how. <clears throat> much damage financially they did to that car yes which is the estimate for the for the body work is over six thousand dollars yeah for so for for scratches and dents right 
which you know in a previous generation would have been pounded out and bonded and sanded. Yeah, and, right. They would have bonded that. Yeah, that hundred nope, Don't do that, all, that anymore. Right. It's all prefabricated parts after you order special, and it's six thousand dollars. Right. Like, right. Shit. Okay. Well, that's the price you pay. Well, that's it. why I think I told you yesterday. I think you know the insurance companies should be suing Kia. Oh yeah. yeah not no. not class action, but get these insurance companies because they're get they're on the hook for a a lot of damage to cars that are getting stolen. Anyway. And insurance companies have a lot of money and a lot of lawyers. So put yeah, them in the news. Right. So exactly. Happy. Exactly. Anyway, Let the big corporations fight it out. That's the end of our podcast for today. Hope you enjoyed <laughs> it. That's the um, first 15 minutes of our podcast. Oh my things, gosh. Things we promise not to tell. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think he's got that copyrighted. <laughs> yeah, I think he does. Things I promise not to tell that happened last week. <laughs> Well, let's get started actually talking about the politics of the week. Okay, go right ahead. Uh, starting with George Santos. Oh, my God. I yeah, mean, of all yeah. the things to find out about him, allegedly, <clears throat> uh-huh. that he was a drag queen. This is supposed yeah. to be the culture warrior moment for Republicans that, you know, drag queens are somehow. Monsters. Spoiling your children's Destroying gender your- identity. We would when it's, like. When it's on cable TV all the time, everybody. <laughs> Everybody knows who RuPaul is. Come on. I'd like to take this editorial moment to mention that nothing wrong with drag. It has a long and proud history going back to Shakespeare and before. Yes. What we are referring to is the fact that George Santos ran in the psychotic, anti-gay, anti-trans party that is working their base up into hysterics over drag queen story Over drag queens and furries in in school. Yes, And litter boxes. You know he's going to come out as a litter box guy soon. You know that's going to (laughs) happen. I think that's it. We're going to find out he had a litter box in his apartment. And if if he had been a drag queen in Brazil, which pretty clearly he was for a while, and had come to this country and run for Congress and run just, yeah, this is what I used to do. If he just, if that were the, if that were honest, mm-hmm. I, I don't care. That's fine. Right. That's Nobody great. cares. You, you know, you probably Nobody understand. Nobody cares who you are or were. That's not no. the point. You probably you're understand. you're a total hypocrite. You probably understand people's problems that I don't understand. You probably right. have greater right. empathy for them because you understand. That's great. That's, we should have more of that. But no, this is one more lie on a pile of lies so high that it has it has collapsed the evidence table. It is no longer sustainable because it's just one more. Oh, what did George Santos do today? Oh, yeah. I guess we found that today. Well, it's his fake name. and But this also uncovers a huge problem in our politics, as you said. It does. And and so uh, Daily Coast wrote, according to reports, Santos' lies were kind of an open secret among Republicans for, for a while now. Yeah. And, quote, it raises questions about Democrats in New York and their ability and willingness to do basic oppo research. Yes, it does. Uh-huh. But, as you said, it also uncovers this huge problem we have in our politics with gerrymandering and money and power brokers and consultants who have just, I don't know how to put it, they've just cut up the political pie. Yeah. Yep. To benefit themselves, to make themselves rich. With ad buys and, you know, consulting and all these generic things that you spend money on in campaigns. We're getting into the trillion dollar campaign seasons now. Yeah. And so I do blame, I hate to say both sides, but Democratic operatives are just as mercenary as Republican operatives in terms of taking money from campaigns. I don't see James Carville as an incredibly moral person. No. <laughs> no. And and so for for a consultant to say, well, that's a Republican district. It's just easier. And and fortunately, our side, the Democratic side, took on a 50 state strategy. Yeah. Howard which Dean upends that because look, yeah. a 50 state strategy says, no, there are voters uh-huh. in these districts. They aren't just red and blue. These are people. And let's reach out to people and treat them like voters. And expect that we can get some support from them, and there will be times when we will win, and that is worth it. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I think the democracy is under threat because we're not taking care of it. We're taking it as political gamesmanship rather than treating it as these are voters, these voters matter. Let's fix our politics by taking the money out of it. Well, and that's and it that's a Herculean task. I I know that yeah. it. It seems daunting to do it, um, and it's going to be incremental. But we've got to keep on trying to do it. I mean, 
um, wasn't it John F. Kennedy who said, we don't do these things because they're easy. We do them because they're hard. Yeah. And, and that involves spending billions of dollars to go to the moon. Right. Right. Um, and and is... we need a political moonshot to clean up our democracy and get the money out. Well, let, let me, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons that we raced to the moon is we were mm-hmm. in a arms race, a proxy arms race with the Soviet Union. Right. Right. Who has the bigger rockets? Who can who can get there first? They got into space first. They had the first man in space. They had Sputnik. We have to beat them. We have to beat them. We have to beat them. The the obsession with winning is sometimes a good and competitive thing. Yeah. The problem yeah. is that there isn't an external threat. This is other American citizens who are the threat. Yeah. And yeah. there is yeah. simply no way in the foreseeable future, in the uh, not in the near future, that Democrats are going to un- unilaterally disarm um, in the face of something like Citizens United. Hmm. That's just no, not we're not. Happen. No, we're not. <clears throat> and Absolutely where there's not. money, where there's money, you're going to draw like shit draws flies. You're going to draw consultants. Right, right, um, right. And I understand that. I'm not saying unilaterally disarm, but I am right. saying change the laws. Yeah. Particularly, we need to change the structure by which the Federal Elections Commission is set up so that it is nonpartisan experts in campaign finance rather than Republicans and Democrats evenly divided because you never get anything done. No, there's a whole bunch of things that on my laundry list, including that I would do tomorrow if there were a way to create a nonpartisan committees with authority Mm -hmm. to do to criminally charge people. Right. Well, to do whatever, to for defrauding defrauding small donors. We're going to get into Mm -hmm. that. But let me just say that, you know, getting money out of politics is the framework on which all of this corruption hangs. Absolutely. Yep. Russiagate, Supreme Court, all the way down to little George Santos. <laughs> little George and Santos. His, and his glitter dress. Uh-huh. It all hangs on Citizens United and the idea of dark money and massive amounts of money in our politics. It's a way for people to get rich without working. <laughs> it, it is one of the worst Supreme Court decisions in history. Yep, it is. Uh, it, it is really did kill, nearly kill democracy. And yep, yep. The people who are in office now, thanks to Citizens United, like things the way they are. Oh yeah. All um, right. Speaking of people who are uh, in office now, uh, there's a, been a great deal of panicked talk. You've probably heard it, especially among uh, recently former Republicans, about how holding the debt ceiling hostage to massive cuts in Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security is so very, very, very unconservative, Blue Gal. It's <laughs> unconservative to do something like that. That's crazy. And I'm talking. I'm quoting now uh, David French and Charlie Sykes. I'll be this, but it's all over the place. Like a like a New rat. York Times columnist <clears throat> David French. Yes. Um. Uh. Jumped up from fifth tier National Review evangelical hack uh, to uh, the guy Bill Crystal ran as president in 2016. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Just some rando he found on the street and decided to run for president is now New York Times' newest op-ed columnist. So you know, there's a career path there for people who are of a certain type, and you and I are not of that type. But David French is, and he's he's just as proud as can be that he's he's working now for the liberal New York Times. Uh, but they were just real upset about how radical and Tea Party-ish. Yes, there was a Tea Party, and yes, they're aware of it. But it's an on-off switch. Sometimes they forget the past happened. Sometimes when it's convenient, they remember it. Very double think. Very George Orwell. Double think doesn't mean not remembering the past. Double think means remembering the past when you have to, and then forgetting it when you need to, and then forgetting that you forgot it because the party tells you to. And that's what they do all the time. When it's convenient to remember there was a Tea Party, they remember it. When it's convenient to pretend it all started in 2016, that's what they believe. Um, but it was very j- Jacobin. Radical. For God's sakes, don't these people realize how bad it was when Republicans did this in 2011? Don't you remember, Blue Gal? Markets sank. The world shook. End times were upon us. Don't they realize how dangerous this is for Republicans to be playing, you know, chicken with the world economy? Um, Yeah, okay. Two points. First, yes, of course Republicans realize how bad things could get. That's why they are doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. This is this is the thing that you and I have talked about many times that both pundits and, and our recently former Republican allies 
just can't wrap their fucking heads around. They're always surprised about how deeply the Republican Party hates this country, about mm-hmm. how the right hates this country, and how much they want to blow it up and start over. And this is why liberal predictions like yours and mine and Digby and Atrios and all of our liberal friends are, are for the last 20 years since the dawn of blogging have been so depressingly accurate and why pundits are always insanely hilariously wrong because they keep thinking that under there somewhere, there's a pony blue gal, there's an ember of decency. If we just blow on a little bit, you know, it'll they'll burst back into Reaganite flame and the Republican Party will return to its natural state and we'll all get along again. No, <laughs> you you built, as I've said before, a doomsday machine with no off switch. This is perfect for them. It would blow up the world economy. And then they can blame Joe Biden because their base are reprogrammable meatbags who will believe anything they're told. So you blow up the world economy, blame Joe Biden, and turn to the mainstream media and say, what do you say now? What do you say? And the mainstream media says, oh, this is probably both sides. Yeah, both sides probably did this. Yeah, this sounds like a both sides thing. So that's my first point. The second point is, House Resolution 2586. You all remember that, right? Pop quiz. Everybody remember House oh, Resolution Oh, no. That, I know that one. Yeah, yeah no, I don't. Forwards. You can, you can <laughs> quote it in your sleep. Uh, let me set the scene. The year was 1995. Wow. Which is, by the way, if you're doing the math, more than a quarter of a century ago. The month was November. The Gingrich-led GOP had just swept to power. Among Republican radicals who voted to crash the global economy... If Clinton would not accede to demands to gut Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security, was a Florida congressman and a member of the New Federalist Caucus named Joe Scarborough. Look it up. <laughs> they, they did exactly the same thing in 95. Gingrich and his goons in Congress said, you have to have a balanced budget or we're going to shut this thing down. We're going to crash the global economy. And, and it, it passed the Republican House. It passed the Republican Senate. Clinton vetoed it. And that's when Gingrich and the Republicans shut the government down 27 years ago. So quit fucking pretending that it's unconservative to do these things because conservatives have been doing it since Christ was a corporal and quit pretending it's something brand new. All of you guys were young men with full heads of hair back when Gingrich was doing this shit and you were loving this. You were loving them sticking it to the left and forcing those cuts and Big government's bad. And now it's suddenly, you know, now that I think about it, now that the Republican Party is throwing me out of my ass, maybe it's not a good idea to, you know, blow up the world economy to own the libs. But it's too late now because that's the machine you built and that's the machine that we're all stuck with. Well, Biden ought to coin that. Trillion dollar coin? Trillion dollar coin. Mint the coin. Mint two of them. Mint two of them. Yeah, mint a couple. And give them to your wife as as earrings. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, uh. I want to get back to this campaign finance thing again, because this popped up in the news this week with George Santos again. Oh, really? Um, And this was a Talking Points memo story that uh, I just read through in every sentence. I'm like, told ya, told ya, (laughs) told ya. Let me just interject. You sound like your TV husband. (laughs) I do. Uh, Told you the Supreme Court was this way, but no, you wouldn't listen. No, told ya. Told ya when Red was this way. Um, campaigns linked to Santos left donors feeling ripped off after questionable credit card charges. Oh no. Now I'm sorry. I, I always come to the defense of small donors who get ripped off by WinRed and get ripped off by Republicans. Sure. If you give your federal or your uh, American express card to a Republican candidate in 2022, 23, I'm sorry for you, but. If I know about this, you ought to know about this too. Buyer beware. Yeah, just put it this way. Yeah. I am as sorry for Republicans who give their Amex card to Republican candidates in 2022 as I am for car thieves who leave a drone in my, my acceptance <laughs> Kia. Yeah. My heart goes out to you for being that fucking stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but but here's the part that is kind of weird. Uh Santos had um charges like like Trump did where somebody gave $1,000 to George Santos using their Amex card. And then the next month they had a $2,900 charge that they did not authorize. Um, And what happened was apparently one of the payments then went to Tina Forte, 
who is that um, woman who records in her car on her phone all the time and she shouts a lot. She ran against Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Oh, okay. I was thinking Tim Forte's sister. No, no Tina Forte. She she ran against Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez mm-hmm. and lost by more than 44 points. Wow. Uh, and, um, but her, as with Santos, this is what Talking Points Memo says, her campaign finance reports were littered with irregularities including travel expenses, meals, and donations attributed to Anonymous. Oh, yeah. The filing show Forte was paid more than $14,000 by her own campaign for, quote, expense reimbursement, unquote. Mm -hmm. Three charges that added up to more than $1,500 and were purportedly for digital consulting went to a business identified only as Paramount. Rather than a consulting firm, the company's address appears to correspond with the Paramount Hotel in Times Square. Huh. Now, they asked a campaign finance expert, Mr. Weiner, about this, and he said a $14,000 reimbursement without an explanation is not appropriate. Anything above $200, you have to give an accounting of what the expense was, and you have to retain receipts. Um, along with these issues, Forte's campaign had multiple links to George Santos, Forte's FEC filings show that her campaign's initial treasurer was Devon Dames, one of Santos's business associates, oh. was the treasurer of her campaign. Now, you guys may recall, and I'm sure you recall, that Marjorie Taylor Greene bought a $92,000 SUV with campaign money. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, that that just hap- happened. She just did that, and she's driving around and... That car has been seen at the airport picking up her, quote unquote, maybe boyfriend or not, a friend. Um, she plastered a Marjorie Taylor Greene for Congress sign on that car and walked behind it at the Christmas parade this past Christmas. So I guess that makes it a campaign car. Sure. Um, and you may recall that uh, in 2020, Lauren Boebert paid herself $22,000 from her campaign for mileage, which happened to match the lien that was on her Shooter's restaurant. Yeah. I mean, it is absurd. It's Wild West. It's just... It is the Wild West. That's what other people have said. It's the Wild West. And all of this this fundraising is going through WinRed. And that's the other part I want to bring up. There's an article from last July at one of my favorite websites, opensecrets.org, which in which you can look at what those campaign filings are how people reported the money they got in a general way and, and how they spent it. And this article is called campaign finance watchdog alleges when red processed billions with a B in political wow. contributions without disclosing operating expenses. And it goes on to talk about, and I, I learned something from this article that I didn't know. Um, I know, and you know that act blue that raises money for democratic candidates is a nonprofit. <clears throat> That's right. And they obey all of the laws that go along with being a nonprofit entity. And that means they disclose their donors. They, they, you know, are, they just do everything the right way. Yeah. You can support them financially, but they explicitly say, would yes. you like to donate? Very transparent. And you're, right. it's an option. And your money donated to candidate X, Y, and Z goes to that candidate's fund. Right. So if you want to give an addition to that, you have the option and they give you the option on the website. Do you want to add a tip to support Act Blue? You can do right. it or you can say no. Mm-hmm. And um, but I did not know, and this makes a lot of sense, that both WinRed and Act Blue actually have a for-profit company attached to them to do things like technical services, to have software, to right. have um yeah. employees doing uh you know, programming, uh, designing web pages, and so forth. And that is so that they can engage in technical services uh, as a for-profit company. However, ActBlue discloses what they pay (laughs) to their Uh technical services company. Right. Because they're operating that way. Look, this is how much we spend on actual employees, having employees work for us. Mm-hmm. Here is what we p- spend on their payroll taxes, et cetera. 
Open books. Yeah. Open book. WinRed does not do that. WinRed oh. is an entire private company. The entirety of it is private company. It's owned by somebody. And so WinRed, uh, as, as uh, Adav Noti, who is uh, vice president of the Campaign Legal Center, said, someone's secretly getting very rich off WinRed, and voters have a right to know who. <clears throat> because yep. they're taking money off the top of every donation. If you give $5 to Marjorie Taylor Greene, I know no one listening to this does that, but no, no. if you give her $5 through WinRed, WinRed takes a cut of that. Mm-hmm. And and then if you get a charge on your Amex card for Tina Forte <laughs> that mm-hmm. you didn't make and you call Amex or you call WinRed and you cancel that, the campaign refunds you the full amount and WinRed still keeps their cut. That's non-refundable. The campaign loses that money. And there's millions and millions of dollars going to WinRed. Going to somebody. Yep. Or and whoever owns WinRed. And since WinRed was invented and created by Jared Kushner for Donald Trump at the insistence, at the insistence of Shelley Adelson. You know, you have to do this because ActBlue is is kicking our butts and we need to match this dollar for dollar. We have to do online fundraising. So Jared set something up that would have a cut for someone within the Trump orbit. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and you know what's going to fix this, Blue Gal? You know, you know what's going to help? What? Not crazy leftist government regulation. <laughs> the, free, the free market will fix this whole thing. Uh-huh. The unfettered capitalist free market, the laissez-faire capitalist free market will solve all of our problems. Everything will be great. And then It'll when you get your fine. Amex bill with a $5,900 charge for a candidate you've never heard of, you want the government to fix it. Look, at capitalism, they're winners and losers, Blue Gal. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and you're a loser and you're you a loser. get your Amex card to win red. Yes, mm-hmm. I get you it. I get you it. You didn't read the 32 pages of fine print at the bottom, as yeah. you should. Uh, no, it's it clearly there are lots of places the government should be overseeing how elections are funded and how they're run. And there's yeah. a vested interest in making sure if you think of elections as a means to make money and to get clicks and to get yourself on Fox News – and to perform for the, you know, morons on the right on, on the base. That's why uh, all, they want to be on all these committees. This is why the House Oversight Committee is now full of clowns. Right. Because. Because money. Yeah. You know, you you, you start a circus, expect the clowns. And that's, right. that's, right. that's all they want. Um, I'd like to mention Oliver Darcy. Uh, this was brought to my attention by alert reader PJ. Uh, Oliver Darcy doing his best to please his new Republican-friendly overlords at CNN. Quote, hi, Drift Glass. Just read Oliver Darcy's newsletter in CNN Reliable Sources. The top story was about Miss Jean-Pierre. Quote, the least effective press secretary in the television era. Unquote. The article slams KJP as an incompetent and a liar attributed to several unnamed reporters. Yes, reporters reporting other reporters as unnamed sources is just... R- wow. disappearing Chef's right at their kiss. own. Yep. Yeah. Um, back to the letter. Now, I would be the last person to engage in whataboutism, but holy cow, after all the BS dished out by Trump and his press secretaries, this is a bridge too far. The press would be insulted and lied to their faces by Trump and his goons, and people like Pete Alexander would sit there and take it with no pushback. Now they're pushing back aggressively over issues like the nothing burger Biden documents, of course, NBC and its reporters took the lead in breaking the story and breathlessly hyped it with little or no nuance. Hacks like Alexander or Hake have a vested interest in fanning the flames on this story, right? Both siderism at its finest from a cowardly press that did not do its job during the Trump presidency, but is determined to both sides the document issue and, for good measure, attack a press secretary who is black and female and gay. Nothing like being able to distract from the goof at Mar-a-Lago, the debacle of electing a speaker, the bad faith of the Republican majority in the House, and all the snipe hunts they're about to launch, demanding cuts in Social Security and Medicare in return for raising the debt ceiling later this year, and the George Santos scandal. Color me disgusted. Best regards. Well, thank you. I, I return your regards. This regard. was something that James Carville, I mean, I hate to keep bringing him up, yeah. but- 
he said something this week that made a lot of sense, which is you are not going to be able to prevent the mainstream media from making fools of themselves over this issue. No, no. Well, and thank God for the internet, Blue Gal. Uh, <laughs> because the reaction on social media was swift and brutal. Oh, good. Uh, liberals were lined up, I swear, three deep to remind Mr. Darcy that Donald Trump actually existed. <laughs> and his press secretaries routinely lied to the White House press corps, attacked them, or just never held any briefings at all. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've, I've, I've culled a few samples from the hundreds of thousands that Mr. Darcy got in return. I kind of think that's the point of writing this shit is to get no, a reaction. No, it's for clicks. Yeah. Even, so angry get, clicks ooh. are the same as good clicks. Yep. Right. It doesn't matter. Uh, from a, a person named Alexandra, good God, is this a bad piece of writing? Just embarrassing. Just pretend that the Trump White House never existed and hold others to a standard that you simply make up as you go along. Yes. Scout Prime, who we know from the old podcasting or blogging days, doesn't surprise me at all given the White House press corps is the is the biggest bunch of whiny hacks in all of journalism. Yes, they are. Uh, Pamela M. says, what re- what's really pissing them off is the unavailability of lucrative tell-all book deals from this administration. Be honest. The former guy was a goldmine of scandal and leaks that resulted in increased ratings, paper and magazine sales, clicks and book sales. You resent that normal isn't lucrative. Mm-hmm. Goddamn yep. right. Yep. And finally, we're going to let Drift Class have a moment uh, talking <clears throat> about David French and Charlie Sykes. Yeah. Um, and could you keep you this know, to about three and a half or four minutes? 90 seconds? Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, I wrote a post this week, brick by brick, the walling off of the before time continues apace. Um, the point is that if you listen to our Never Trump and recent Trump and New York Times op-ed columnist, um, they really go down the rabbit hole uh, talking about this week, George Santos is like peeling, I'm quoting Charlie Sykes, peeling an onion of lies and deceit and sleaze. It just gets worse and worse. He's the personification of our politics. Our politics, really? Um, and it, it, it messes things up. And how do we end up with George Santos? And and David French swings in with George Santos was an inevitability. Uh, it goes through a long thing about abandoning character and Republican Party amid an intentional choice to abandon the concept of character and just toss it overboard. And they they mock those of us who want to have people with character and hold them accountable. You know, it's just it's just a mess, Blue Gal. It's just a, just a goddamn mess. And then I trail off with this sentence, which is by David French. So, and this is a product of dot, dot, dot. And I ask a question. Okay, David French, is this the product of the Nixon Southern strategy or Agnew Buchanan or Reagan pandering to racists and evangelicals? I'm, I'm or expecting some sort of both siders nonsense myself. Moral majority, the rise of hate radio, Limbaugh, Gingrich, <laughs> Tom DeLay, B1, Bob Dornan, Lee Atwater, Carl Rove. Is this the product of the Tea Party? And the racist, no-holds-barred nonsense that we had to put up with with eight years? Tell us, David French, when exactly did your party go full bull goose loony? David French says, says this is a product of the Trump years. <laughs> and so to attain political prominence in the GOP since Trump came down the escalator in 2015. So are we done now? He's, Not quite. He's right Not on quite. target. Yeah, they're all the same. Charlie Sykes, I want to underline that point. <laughs> It's not that conservatives and Republicans made a pivot back to 2015, 2016 after decades of saying character matters, saying no winning, that's all that matters. French, this is the story of the last seven years. Blah, 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 blah. And I just conclude with, this is the shit why we needed to burn the lifeboats. Burn the lifeboats. They are building a wall across 2015, 2016. And if you lie, like David French is lying, they will give you an op-ed column in the New York Times. Mm -hmm. And if you tell the truth, you end up podcasting with your beautiful wife in the middle of a cornfield for 13 years because nobody wants to hear. No, uh, None of the people who are money people in television or radio want to hear that the Republican Party has been shit awful for your entire life. And we all knew it because that would blow your your scam because then you'd have to make a lot of course corrections like firing everybody who's been lying for the last That's 30 right. years. Holding Joe Scarborough accountable for the votes he took in 1995. Anyway, this has just been another episode of, you know, us remembering stuff, which apparently is, you know, will make you a pariah. But I'm a proud pariah with my beautiful wife here in Springfield, Illinois. I think I think our audience really loves you, Drift Glass. 
Well, I love them too. Was that four minutes? Oh, that was less than four minutes. I think that was three Boom. minutes. Good. One take drift glass, baby. That's right. I'm, I'm all about that. Shall we do a news roundup? That'd sure. Be fun. Let's do a news roundup. I'll start. Ron DeSantis has banned AP African-American studies from being taught in Florida. Yeah. Wait a minute. AP? Really? Yeah. Yep. That's not even a required class. You have to sign up for that. Yep. But Ron DeSantis. What a piece of shit he is. He's a piece he, of he, shit. I'm sorry. But at least he goes under his own name, unlike George Santos. You know what? <laughs> Ron DeSantis is much better than George Santos. I think he's kind of a centrist, don't you think? I mean, with Ron, with George Santos way out here, Ron DeSantis is kind of a centrist. He's kind of a centrist compared to George Santos, right? Sure. That's why you have George Santos is coming down the pipe every couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's why Donald Trump came along to look normalize. How, look how like, honest Marjorie Taylor Greene is compared to George Santos. Oh, absolutely. You know, as I said a thousand times uh, into my wife's ear, uh, Donald Trump was sent by God to normalize Bill Crystal, ah. and and, it's, and he succeeded. And he succeeded. Uh, Ron DeSantis called on the Republican-controlled Florida legislature to permanently ban COVID-19 health measures like mask mandates and vaccine requirements because he wants his constituents to die. Breaking from, and I'm not making this up, Women's Wear Daily, the Missouri House of Representatives adopts sexist dress codes for female lawmakers who now cannot show arms. The legislation now requires female lawmakers to have their arms covered while in the chamber. There are so many ways they could have gone about this if they wanted to have professional dress throughout the chamber without uh-huh. making it about body parts, uh-huh. whether they were covered or not. That's just, I, well, how, they're just dumb how, and they want to control how, people. No, no. Exactly. How would you let the, those uppity women know who's in charge unless you tell them what they can and can't wear? And have a woman do it. A, a, a right. woman Republican demanding professional dress in this way. Yeah. Yeah. And when you've lost women's wear daily, you've really <laughs> gone to a place that I never thought you'd go. Uh, George Santos, who was already being, uh, who was already in the running for being the worst person that you or anyone has ever known, uh, was going under the name. Anthony DeVolder, when he scammed a homeless veteran out of that veteran's $3,000 that he needed to save the life of his beloved service dog. In effect, Anthony DeVolder, also known as George Santos, murdered a homeless veteran's dog for money. Now, I have a question, Blue Gal. Uh-huh. Do you remember a joke I told in 2004? I do. Yes, yes. I thought it was a joke because it, it was a joke about uh, um, Dick Cheney. This is a joke about Cokie Roberts. Um, this was in 2004 when I was a commenter at the news blog, the defunct news blog run by the late great Steve Gilliard, uh, before he kicked me out and sent me on my own to be he a kicked blogger. Kicked you out because you were too good a writer. And he it, said, This he, is stupid. Hard. You need to have your own blog. Get out of here. Have your own blog. Get out of here. So I, I went and did, and I got a lot of support from him, and I'm forever grateful. But the joke I told in 2004 was the following. If Dick Cheney were caught on the White House lawn throwing burning kittens at homeless veterans, what would be the first three words out of Cokie Roberts' mouth? And the answer was, but the Democrats. It was a joke about something so heinous, so awful, that it would be hilarious if anybody's reaction would be, but what about that over there? Right. You don't hurt homeless veterans. You don't ever hurt, consciously hurt homeless veterans because- They're pets. That would be a terrible, terrible thing to do, right? Hurting- Hurting homeless veterans through through lovely, lovable little animals, animals would be right. like the lowest thing you could do. Right. I couldn't imagine anything lower. I was an imaginative young man. <laughs> and now George Santos has gone and pretty much done exactly that. Yes. Stolen is, money from is, a homeless veteran and allowed the dog to die. Right. And if you want to hear a heartbreaking rendition of this story, yeah. um, Keith Olbermann has 20 minutes on it because he's a big animal lover, big animal lover. Big dog lover. Dog yeah. Huge, and huge. It's like, and, and puts his special... money where his mouth is. I mean, he does a lot of advocacy to to preserve and save dogs in New York City shelters. He really he does. does. Yeah. And there is a circle in hell for people that like Santos. And there is another circle of hell slightly deeper for people like Kevin McCarthy who let him get away with it. Yeah. Who enable this stuff. Yeah. Who look the other way when it happens. Yep. And I have nothing more to add to the story other than 
fuck you, all of you. Mm -hmm. All of you who made this possible can all burn in hell, and the sooner the better. Also, according to the best available reporting, it appears that George Santos used to be a drag queen in Brazil. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No. But being a total hypocrite about it and running as a Republican for Congress is, uh, and you were a drag queen? I mean, come on. Also, immigration records contradict George Santos's claim that his mother died on September 11th, 2001 in New York City. Fatima DeVolder, who is his mother, applied for a U.S. visa in February of 2003. She had not been in the U.S. since 1999. She died December 23rd, 2016, after which Santos solicited donations to pay for her funeral. House Republicans demanded two years of visitor logs from Biden's Delaware home. There aren't visitor logs for Biden's Delaware home. No. Uh, They also want other information related to the recently discovered classified documents. We have a lot of questions, girlfriend beater James Comer said. Uh, He is chairman of the House Oversight and Accountability Committee. He called the matter troubling. I wonder if it's he's still troubled by paying for his girlfriend's abortion back in the day. Good question. Comer referring to Biden's home as a crime scene, even though he acknowledged that he doesn't know whether any laws were actually broken, said the matter had raised questions about whether Biden had jeopardized our national security. Comer, however, refused to explain why he wants to investigate the 20-ish classified documents that Biden voluntarily turned over but not the 300 classified documents, including some at the top secret level, that were retrieved from Trump only after the FBI executed a search warrant at Mar-a-Lago. The White House and the Secret Service, meanwhile, say they do not maintain visitor logs for Biden's personal home in Delaware, just like every other president across the decades of modern history. Yeah, it doesn't matter to these people. It doesn't matter to them at all. Nothing matters to them. And that's why I think um, we should stop caring about uh, whether or not they're unhappy. Oh, or they're yeah, I think we can or... totally. The only reason you should be talking about the House Oversight Committee is to tell a joke. Yeah. We have nothing to say about anything they no. do. They're two years of the worst kind of clown show is Dumb. has commenced. Uh, Solomon Pena, who is a failed Republican candidate for the New Mexico House was arrested for orchestrating a series of shootings targeting Democratic state officials. The shooting narrowly missed hitting the 10-year-old daughter of one of the uh, targets of the shooting. Pena lost the House District race 14 by 50-point landslide, but claimed on social media he should have won the election. He also visited three uh, of the targeted officials' homes unannounced in November, complaining the election was fraudulent and should not be certified. Uh, one other fun point, Pena is also a convicted felon who is barred from owning or possessing or using a weapon in a manner that causes public harm. So, man, he checks all the Republican boxes. And he was just God. running for a state house seat yep. in New Mexico. Yep. They just, they're, they're growing them. They're growing them in crop size these, these days, Blue Gal. Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul Gosar received committee assignments after being removed from their committees in 2021 over violent social media posts. Remember Paul Gosar? Oh, yeah, Threatening Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in social media posts? I do. The House voted in February of 2021 to remove Green from her committee assignments for her embrace of conspiracy theories and past endorsement for executing Democratic politicians before being elected to Congress. Gosar was also removed from his two committees after he posted an animated video that depicted him killing Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and attacking Biden. Green will now be seated on the Homeland Security Committee, and Gosar will be seated on the House Natural Resources Committee. Green, Gosar, and Lauren Boebert will also be seated on the House Oversight and Accountability Committee. Joe Biden, be prepared, Marjorie Taylor Greene said in a statement. We are going to uncover every corrupt business dealing, every foreign entanglement, every abuse of power. Scandal-plagued George Santos also received a seat on the House Committee on Small Business despite calls from his own party to resign. Would you like some late-breaking news? Sure. Uh, The Supreme Court investigation, investigating itself, the internal investigation, has 
failed to find who leaked the Dobbs decision. Oh, my God. Which means it was definitely Sam Alito or some fucking Republican that did it because if it were a Democrat, they would tear the building down to find them. You goddamn well know. Or an unpaid intern. Yeah. But you you damn well know it was leaked on purpose. You know, it was right. somebody with power. To freeze everyone in place so they could pass the damn thing. Uh, that's that's you know that's what happened and that's you why know it was elite you know yeah the, the supreme court decided it is better left unsolved you know we don't know that's who, what who. they did and finally the arkansas committee on city county and local affairs just unanimously passed a drag ban that bans quote singing dancing or performing unquote while quote exhibiting a gender identity other than assigned at birth unquote for quote Prurient interest. These uh, are somewhere. constitutional conservatives yeah. passing somewhere, these kind of BS laws. Somewhere Bill Shakespeare is spinning in his grave. <laughs> yes, he is. All the men that wore a dress in Shakespeare. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, and, and, and the people who will decide prurient interest, I assume, will be bitter, old, shithead Republican white men. Yep. And they're, and they're cranky. Uh, who compare women wife. to cows when talking yeah. about abortion? That kind, that type. Yeah. Move to Illinois, people. Just selling you. We got a. Uh, it's our governor's birthday today, and happy it's a great birthday, JB Pritzker. Oh, We're recording on the nineteenth, and it's JB Pritzker's birthday today. A, abortion protected by law. We have pot here. It's just great. It's a great state. We're here. Come, come join and us. And he tweeted today that um, both Walgreens and CVS are applying to be able to prescribe abortion drugs. Yep. So take that. Come on, people. Get on your horses right over here. Yeah, we'd love to have you. Love to have you. A lot of houses here. Each week we post to our Facebook page and website an internet kitty sent in by you, the listeners. This week's internet kitty is Sluggo. And Sluggo is just a furry, sleepy, beautiful kitty. And of course, Sluggo eats freshly poured cat food, our fake sponsor, whether you serve pet store perfection or dollar store dreck, your cats will sit on the kitchen floor and demand that the food they eat is only freshly poured. Freshly poured, freshly poured. Oh my lord, it's freshly poured. And you can visit Sluggo at our Facebook page or website. And you can send your internet kitty, dog, or other pet to us at our email address, proleftpodcast at gmail.com, where you can also write to both of us. Please feel free to write us. If you're going to send us an internet pet, put internet kitty in the subject line so we know uh, to look for that. Uh, we do love hearing from you. Be aware that if you write us at any of our addresses, we reserve the right to read your email or U.S. Postal Service. Go, Postal Unions. Letter on the air unless you say otherwise. Don't forget our gourmet coffee guideline. If you can afford to buy an espresso-based beverage for yourself, buy one for us. This is not charity. This is our full-time job. And we get by with your support. So thank you for that. A number of listeners support this podcast with a contribution, and you can too. See our website, proleftpod.com, for details. Both our PayPal and postal address information, Patreon link, all of it is there at proleftpod.com. You can buy Both Sides Don't bumper stickers at our website. You can. T-shirts. There's a lot of stuff there. Cups. Yeah. We don't make any money off the merch. No, we, <laughs> we, we, just, we don't. Point. But you know what? Honestly, every time we see someone or someone sends a pic of a uh, both sides don't t-shirt or a bumper sticker, it, that one thing is the most successful thing we've done. It's honestly. so heartening. It really is. To it, see and, someone spreading the message. And, and see that message out there in the world now is just, uh, I swear I've said this before, I know. Um, if we had just trademarked both siderism and both sides do it, you know, 20 yeah. years ago when we started writing about it, when the, the, when blogging began, we would be rich as pirates. Yeah. We would yeah. Be it's it's taken off and people yeah. are aware of it. And I'm so yeah. glad to see that because it was everywhere when we were talking, when we were first talking about it, but oh, it people was. didn't notice and now they notice. And I think we have something to do with that. I'm very glad that we were able to help just, elevate just happen that. Just happen to be part of the team, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Please share our show on social media. And if you love this podcast, please get someone else to listen to. And thank you for doing that. Hey, Drift Class, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Uh, well, Blue Gal, the Internet Kitties are paying top dollar 
for an aftermarket Kia ignition system. No questions asked. Hey, let's think about living. Think about living. Just think about loving. Think about loving. Just think about the hooping and the hopping and the popping and the loving, loving, loving. Let's forget about the wine and the crying, the shooting and the dying, and the fellow with the switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. A professional left podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2023 DGBG Productions.